Welcome to the Holistic Wellness and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kimberly Ann Marsden, a holistic psychologist, Reiki master, and astrologer. On this show, you'll discover practical information from both Eastern and Western medicine, as well as ancient cultures to empower you to live vibrantly. So join me on this powerful journey into transforming all facets of being human, spirit, mind, physical body, and emotions. Hello, hello. Welcome to our next episode. So today we are going to be talking about the wisdom of the body. Yes, all of our bodies are wise, whether we believe it or not, they are. We come with an incredible innate intelligence. The biggest issue is whether or not we listen to it. That's our biggest issue. But it's there. It's there for us to explore, to understand, and to learn from. So let's just start out with something that years ago was considered revolutionary, but most people now are are not surprised by the topic of the mind-body connection. You know, the mind and the body, they impact each other. They are, you know, we are integrated human beings. But a lot of times people try and talk about us as if we, or we talk about ourselves as if all our parts are separate. And years ago, there was a lot of work done on the mind-body connection because it was found that it could impact, greatly impact people's physical health. So many years ago, bio, the field, the whole field of biofeedback became really hot because they realized, especially with cardiovascular health, they realized, you know what, if we teach people how to connect to their physiological body, to how to connect to some of their main physiological indicators, things like heart rate, blood pressure, if we help them use their mind, they can concentrate on on those things and, and affect them. And so it's been proven for many years that we can use biofeedback to lower blood pressure, lower heart rate, and basically affect overall stress response. So obviously we know that our mind can impact our body. And so we know there's a connection there. And, you know, other things more recently, and this is, that's obviously done with technology. More recently, you see things like a company HeartMath. They use technology to help people to self-regulate their emotions and, decrease their stress. Once again, they have all kinds of ways to do that using technology, but the whole goal of it is for people to connect to their heart and for people to connect to their heart and the wisdom that's there and connect the heart and the brain and use that with the help of technology to create a more healthy, vital life. So I'll give you the information on on that uh, in the show notes. I just wanted to mention that though. But so we see, okay, those are examples of how the mind's impacting the body, but it is a two-way conversation. It is a two-way conversation. So we know that we can control the body. We can use the mind to control the body. And a lot of us do that, that a lot of us do that every day. I know I certainly have been guilty of that. 
And that's something I still have to be very mindful about. I used to joke, it's actually not funny, but it was in some ways, sometimes we use humor to diffuse things. But I, I sometimes joke, even now I'll say, you know, I used to drive the bus, the car, conduct the train, pilot the airplane. And then I wondered why the universe had no way to work in my life. And the universe had no way to work in my life or, because I was trying to control everything as if I knew better, which I definitely do not. Um, I say that because when we try and control everything, we, first of all, we don't leave any room for the universe. We decide that our free will is the only thing that matters, which is not the case. But also when we're doing all that controlling, it means that we're not listening to the important feedback that we can gain from our body because we are assuming that we know what's best. And that means that we're kind of working from the outside in versus the inside out. And, you know, it's like all the riches of the world are there. You know, we have all that wisdom inside, but it's like living right next door to you know, a cave where there's gems and gold and silver, and it's all sitting right there. But if you don't know it exists, you can't access it and you can't use it. Um, hopefully for good. If you found a, if you find a cave and it has all that in it, hopefully you use it for good. But in the case of our, of our bodies, we have all those riches, all that wisdom within us. And it exists, whether we listen to it or not, it does exist. And it's about turning on our awareness to that wisdom. And there's a lot of reasons why we don't listen. I gave you one, you know, when we're trying to control outcomes. The other thing is sometimes we're trying to get our physical bodies to do certain things because we think that's what they need to do or we want them to do. And I spent many years as, um, as a swimmer and as a high-level athlete, I did use my mind to control my body, and I definitely learned how to push my physical body to do what I wanted it to do, to achieve the performance that I wanted it to do. Now, there was also that feedback mechanism of listening to my body, but not in terms of well-being. I was listening to my body more in terms of what I wanted to listen to, which in the case for me as a swimmer was feeling the water, using my body as an instrument, you know, using my body to feel the water and to use that to make myself more efficient and more and a more effective, a more effective um, athlete. So although I was listening to my body, I was listening to it based on what I wanted to get out of it, not based on what it wanted to tell me. So there's a big difference, you know, so Keep that in mind when we start talking about, are you listening? Well, we can be listening, but are we listening? It's that selective listening. The example I guess just gave you is what I would call selective listening. I was selectively listening to my body because I wanted certain things from it. So I listened to the feedback it gave me as far as things I could use to enhance my performance in the water um, for swimming. And you know, that goes for people that are weekend warriors out there. You know, if you're not training regularly and you go out there and you're going out for a run and, you know, maybe you don't do so much stretch, stretching or, you know, you're going out for a long run and your body's saying not today and it's trying to get your attention and you override it because in your mind you've set, you know, I'm going to do six miles today or I'm going to do 
10 miles today. You have a route in mind. You have a goal in mind. And so when you feel that twinge or you feel, you know, any kind of pain or any kind of awareness coming up, do you listen to it or do you ignore it? Mm. You know, sometimes we do need to be mindful about whether we're listening or not. And we're not going to listen necessarily 100% of the time. But for most of us, if we would listen at least 50%, it could have a huge impact on on our lives. Um, But just be mindful of that, those kinds of things. You know, because what happens is the body talks to us constantly and we can listen. We choose each time to listen or to not. And sometimes the messages get really, really loud. And if we don't listen over time, we're kind of setting ourselves up to have bigger problems than if we had maybe listened earlier on. And it's really important because the body knows what's going on on the inside that we may or may not be aware of, or we may not want to deal with. And our body is that system that says, okay, don't just listen to your mind or to, you know, your thoughts about what you want in life or what you think you're supposed to do. There's also this feedback mechanism here that's going to give you the real inside scoop on what's going on. Um, so you want to protect, you want to pay attention to it and, you know, it listens to things running around in our subconscious. It's aware of all that's going on inside. Um, it's aware of things from a cellular level. You know, it knows what's going on with the muscles, with the, with the tissues, with the different systems in the body. And so it's got the best perspective on this, trying to think of what I want to call it, basically on this, this body, on this vehicle that we're using, this physical vehicle that we're using as a human being to navigate planet earth here. So I'll give you an example from my own life. I was 11 years old and I was at a swim meet and I had a coach who said to me, I don't care whether you're the fastest swimmer in the tuna freestyle today or not. If you don't break 210, you're not on the relay. Now as a kid, I really wanted to be on the relay because that was a lot of fun. And so I went and I swam my 200 freestyle, I touched the wall and I picked my head up and my dad happened to be my timer that day. And my dad said 211 and my body knew what was going on inside my little 11 year old mind. And I immediately started to hyperventilate and I immediately started to hyperventilate and my body was reacting to my fear because I had a history with this coach and I was afraid. I was afraid of what was going to happen because I didn't achieve what he told me to do. And um, I had actually been pushed into a wall by him about two years prior for not winning a race. Um, But the point is my body sensed danger And so I started hyperventilating and it was not, I could pretend that it was because I was tired. 
I've never hyperventilated since in a race. I'd never hyperventilated before. And it was very important for me to recognize why I hyperventilated because I ended up having to be taken in an ambulance to the hospital. I started going into shock when the coach approached me, according to my parents, when he came near me when they were working on me on the deck. And that's not an accident. That was my body saying, sending off, you know, all kinds of warning signals about the fact that it was sensing danger. And two and a half hours later, two and a half hours later, I finally was able to breathe on my own. But they tried everything, oxygen, they tried talking to me, they tried all kinds of things. And it wasn't until my body felt safe, which apparently there was a nurse, all kinds of people were were around me. I just, it was a big swirling event, but eventually someone got through to me and to my body and I felt safe. And then I was able to breathe on my own. And I was very lucky because I had no heart damage. But the story, I tell you that because the body senses a lot of things. And so we really want to honor it. And obviously my mind was a big part of what was going on there as well. So with that story, we see that the body has its own wisdom and its own mechanisms of trying to protect us. And that's just, you know, that's a more severe situation. But it's important to understand that there's a lot of wisdom to be gained by listening. And we miss out on it all the time. And if you think about it, it really is there's really a lot of common sense. People say, well, what do you mean? Listen to the body. Well, when things hurt, it's not random as to where or why it occurs. We can always come up with a physical explanation. I must've slept wrong. I, and you know, and what we find is that about 85 to 90% of physical ailments have an emotional component. And so to avoid the emotional component and to avoid the wisdom of the body is to really miss out on a huge amount of information. So for example, I mean, some of it's common sense, you know, if you have a foot injury, a leg injury, what do the legs and the feet do? They help us move forward in life, right? That's what they do. They bring us forward in life. So if we are feeling stuck or we're afraid of what's going to happen next, and we don't want to embrace life or move forward guess where we may have some issues in our legs or our feet because they carry us forward. And so, you know, you can kind of derive it based on the area that your body's experiencing the issue. You know, when you think of your heart, you think of that being, you know, your center of emotion, that being, um, you know, you've heard people say, oh, he or she died of a broken heart. You know, there is some truth to that in the sense that the heart is critical for uh, for life, but so is our emotional connectedness. And what we find is that when we grieve, when we experience trauma, we may experience symptoms in our heart because 
it literally hurts. It's literally physically impacted. And that's the one thing I want to stress. This is not saying at all, I want to be real clear, I am not at all saying that means that it's in your head and it's not real. No, no, no. These are real physical somatic symptoms, but they are also connected to emotional issues that we're experiencing. These things don't happen in a vacuum. Our mind influences our body. Our body influences our mind, our emotions. It's all interconnected. We can't take them apart as if they don't influence one another. So there are, well, before I go forward, let me go backwards for a second. It would be a lot easier if we said, you know what, I don't want to take responsibility for my health or for looking at any of these things. So I'm not going to pay attention to that wisdom. And a lot of times people do that because it's, that means when you start looking at the wisdom of your body, guess what? Now you're responsible. You're responsible for your well-being. And sometimes we don't want to be. And so the whole concept of taking a pill to solve the problem would be much easier, right? Because you don't have to listen to your body. You don't have to listen to the wisdom that's in there. You take a pill and you try and fix things from the outside in. And I'm not saying that there isn't a role for medication. There absolutely are reasons why um, people can and should use medication. But what you don't want to do is give the power of your healing to the medication. Even if you are taking a medication, you still are responsible for your well-being. And that means using the pill as a vehicle to help you in conjunction with the other things that you're doing for yourself. But one fascinating holistic psychiatrist out there is Dr. Kelly Brogan. She is a holistic psychiatrist who stopped prescribing medications years ago. And she talks about how to have compassion and how to heal ourselves by getting to the root of the problem and not trying to deal with just the symptoms that really sometimes medications are only dealing with the symptoms and we really want to deal with the core and heal completely and not just at a superficial symptom level. But I'll put that information in the show notes and you can look more on that on your own. But what I really want to get to is the point of how do we listen to this wisdom? So I've told you, you know, there's different areas of the body. If you look at the chakra system, the chakra system, each chakra energy center in the body is aligned with different organs and has different purposes. And so there's, if you have that Eastern medicine philosophy, you'll see from that point of view, if you have injuries in certain chakra areas, then that has, you know, that has something to do. Those organs have to do with the energies in that area. And so that gives you a clue as well. But to make it simple, because I like things simple, what I've been doing for years and what I have found really helpful is I started off years ago, discovered Louise Hayes' little purple book, I call it. We call it in our house. We call it the little purple book. Where's the little purple book? So the little purple book is Louise Hayes' Heal Your Body. And 
her heal your body book has, um, a whole bunch of listings of diseases and illnesses that she then writes the most common potential cause for the probable cause for it. And then she actually lists affirmations that you can use in trying to heal. So for example, if you go back to that example, I was giving you before regarding the hyperventilating, when you look up hyperventilation in this uh, book by Louise Hay, you'll see under probable cause, it says fear, resisting change, not trusting the process. Now it's kind of hard to go back to my 11 year old brain, but I would say that for me, what probably rang most true out of that probable cause is definitely fear and not trusting the process. I was definitely not, those two things definitely were involved in that situation. And that was most likely a large part of the cause of why I hyperventilated. Now, if I'd had the little purple book back then, which I did not, what Louise would have suggested I reassure myself is that I am safe everywhere in the universe. I love myself and trust the process of life. And so her system is one where you look up the what you're experiencing, whether that be anything from indigestion to a broken bone to menstrual cramps to fungus, poison ivy, accidents, you name it. And a lot of things that pretty much everything that happens in life, even things like warts, urinary tract infections, hyperactivity, um, it's all in there. And so then you look next to it and see what the probable cause is. And then she gives you some ideas of some affirmations that you can use to sort of override what you're experiencing. So based on this paradigm, what you see is there's a physical symptom. There's a physical situation that's occurring. There's a probable cause based on where and how it's showing up in the body. And so Louise's suggestion is to use affirmations to assist in healing that dis- disruptive energy that's causing the physical um, issue. And so I know for myself and for many other people that I've used this with that it's very powerful. The one thing I will say is as always, when you're using affirmations, they have to resonate with you. I don't ever suggest that somebody just repeats an affirmation if it doesn't connect to you on a visceral level. If you're not feeling it, or if when you say it, it's kind of like, yeah, that doesn't really make sense. Put it in a language that works for you because you also need to be emotionally connected to it, vibrationally connected to it for it to be effective for you. So, you know, the way that I suggest using this book is to look it up and see what parts, because some of these have multiple probable causes, see what parts you resonate with, and then really just sit back and, and think about it for a little bit, feel it, and then address it however you choose to, whether that be with affirmations or journaling or whatever way is going to help you to acknowledge what your body's telling you. It can be a real aha, empowering, enlightening moment for you. And so just want to give a shout out to any parents out there. 
I have done this with my own children and especially with my daughter, I found that bringing in the purple book, bringing in the purple book is a way to start a conversation on some, what couldn't be potentially challenging topics. So if she's experiencing something I can bring the book and let her read it and say, does any of that resonate with you? Does any of that feel like it's true for you? And I got to tell you, a lot of the time, almost always, she's like, yeah, yeah. How did she know? You know, um, you know, I'll give you an example that comes up a lot for her is, you know, is, is aches, you know, body aches. And it's, we look at it and I'll be longing, you know, it says longing for love, longing to be held. And she'll nod her head. You know, and she'll say, yeah, I really feel like I need some love right now. And then we can talk about it. You know, what what do you feel you need? Do you need a hug? Do you need, you know, physical support? Do you need emotional support? And it's amazing the conversations that can happen just by using this to either let the child read and talk, or if the child's young, real young, you can read, use it, you know, and say, read it to them or, you know, ask them questions related to it. And it really takes out um, any kind of judgment. It really just becomes a conversation, an open conversation. You know, are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you angry? You know, sometimes anger will come up in things and you say, you know, a little purple book says that you could be feeling some resentment or some anger. What do you think about that? And sometimes I'll get back. Yeah, really? I say, okay, what's that about? And it really helps you as an individual for yourself, but at parents, it's really a great tool for your kids as well. And then you can sit there and decide if you want to use affirmations or what you want to do to work with them on it. Now, that being said, I don't want you to say that you don't do whatever you need physically as well. I'll give you another example. Um, One (laughs) that's common for me over my lifetime has definitely been sore throats. And if you know anything about chakras, what you know is that our throat chakra is all about expression, uh, communication, and using basically what? Using our voice, right? That's pretty common sense. You go to the throat. Yeah, that makes sense. So what do you think? Why would we have a sore throat? Well, we have a sore throat when we're what? When we're you know, unable to express ourselves. We're not using our voice. So we may be holding on to anger and not expressing or advocating for ourselves. So that can be a reason that sore throats crop up. So if I have a sore throat, does that mean I don't do the other physical things to heal it? that I'm just going to use affirmations. No, it doesn't. It means that in my case, what I'll use in that sense is usually vitamin C along with some oregano oil and zinc and a whole bunch of other immune system boosters like elderberry, maybe some homeopathics and other things, but I will definitely address it physically and emotionally and mentally and make sure that I'm spiritually connected with myself as well. So all areas get addressed. But today we're focusing on the wisdom of the body. So when I get that sore throat, it's my body giving me a message. It's saying, hey, 
Are you using your voice? Are you really using your voice? Or are you choking on some of that? Are you choking on some of your words? So it can be a super powerful way to understand what lies within because it's all there. It's all there. All that wisdom is there. We come with it. We just have to listen, be awake, and tap into it. So like I mentioned, the little purple book by Louise Hay is one way. Another great one that I've found people find useful too is the work by Ina Segal. And um, she uses color and some, which I, I don't know what she would call it, but what I would call it is she uses some, I'll call it divine intelligence clearing. So she uses some prayers with the divine to clear blocked energy and combine that with affirmations to promote healing in the body. And so I'll put in show notes as well. I'll put in some links to her, excuse me, to her work. And these are all tools that can help you when you're getting the messages from your body. It's literally a way for you to to look up and say, hey, does this make sense? Does this mean something to me? I mean, you can also start to do it intuitively yourself and say, okay, if it's my knee, what does the knee mean to me? And all those kinds of things, definitely. But I found that the tools that these books provide are really, really helpful. That's why I'm mentioning them. Now, as far as taking it to relying on your intuition, absolutely. You always want to check in with yourself and see what's going on, on all levels. But in the case here where we're talking about the wisdom of the body, you really want to take a moment and make sure that you're in a calm state, whether it's meditation or you just stop, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, maybe a nice long exhale or sigh, and then place your hands on the area that you're feeling some sort of discomfort or pain or just wherever they seem to want to go and ask your body, what messages does it have for you? And you may be really surprised at what happens when you're open to the process and you're truly open to that connection. You can really connect to your intuition and really understand what you need for yourself. And you can ask yourself, what do, I, what do I need to know from my highest good? And then just sort of wait and take some deep breaths and listen and see what comes up for you. It's simple. It's free. And it can be transformative. You just relax, you breathe, and you wait for the answer to come. Don't force it. This is the other thing I want to say for those of you with the active minds, which I'm in that group a lot of times, um, don't try and figure it out. This is the opposite of that. This is not you trying to guess or deduce with logic (laughs) or force some sort of answer. This is about an opening, a surrendering and listening 
And you can't listen if you're chattering in your own mind. So you really need to just breathe and allow what comes. And then the next piece is you really need to trust what comes. Don't second guess it. Don't analyze it away. Don't disagree with yourself. Really listen to it. And then based on that, you can make the decision of how you want to proceed forward. But the key thing is understanding that you have that wisdom within you and that your body is telling you. It's like having a cheat sheet. It's like a teacher letting you come into the classroom with all the answers for the test. Isn't that fabulous? I've taught for many years. And if I ever allowed my students to do that, I know they would be, they'd be thrilled. And this is, your body is your cheat sheet for your, for your health. Your body has all the answers and they're right there for you. It's like, just look down. The answers are right there on the cheat sheet. You just got to copy them from one place to the other. Your body has them right there. It's saying, hello, I'm right here. Here's your answers. So it's silly for us not to listen because that divine wisdom is in there. And when we access it, we have limitless potential for health and well-being. And when we care enough about ourselves to take the time to connect and listen and make whatever adjustments we need to, based on that, our lives start to transform. But here's the big but (laughs) to be able to do that. We have to give up controlling, thinking that we know everything and that A, B, or C needs to happen. If your body says no, you probably want to listen to that or at least try and figure out why it's saying no. And no doesn't mean forever. It may mean no today. And especially for all you athletes out there, for longevity of your career and for transformation of your performance, it's critical. It's absolutely critical that you have a relationship with your body that is healthy, not one of use and abuse just to get to the end goal. When you have that healthy relationship with your body, you'll be even more successful and you'll have a more, you'll have increased longevity in your athletic career. So as always, my hope for you is that you reconnect with yourself and that you love yourself enough to listen, to listen to the beautiful body that you've been given because it is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it's brilliant beyond what we can ever imagine. I have no doubts of that. So we are going to head over now to our sparks of wisdom. And as always, I hope something that we've been talking about today will spark 
a connection to the wisdom within you. So, as always, my daughter's going to sing us over to the Sparks of Wisdom, and I'll see you on the other side. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Sparks of wisdom, oh, 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 oh. Today we talked about the incredible mind-body connection that we all have within us because we are human beings. And we really need to listen to the feedback from our body in order to live our lives from the inside out. So we really want to make sure that we're not selectively listening, that we're listening from a deep place within our core, with an open heart and an open mind, so that we can really receive those messages clearly, intuitively, because those innate messages within us are always always pointing us towards our highest good. They're always helping us to move in a healthy direction. So we've discussed several ways to do the listening and all that information will be in the show notes. As always, I hope that something in the information sparks a connection and lights a fire within you to that connection within yourself. Thanks for listening today. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me with feedback or ideas for other topics that you'd like me to discuss. And I just wanted to say that we have an exciting two-part series coming up next, and I will have a special guest that I'll be interviewing. So keep your eye out for that episode, or shall I say those two episodes, And until then, be you, be love, and be present.